Hello, I'm Jesse. I'm a novelist. I'm Eric. I'm a filmmaker. And this is Film and Color. This week, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you just joining us for the first time, um, what we do here is this is a place for us to talk about movies, primarily, but that's just really to sucker you in, frankly. <laughs> we're here because we're storytellers. We think stories are important for understanding, for growth. Stories connect people. Before agriculture, before tools, before language even, there were stories, and they are still what brings us together when nothing else can. So, on that note, we dive into one of the best-told stories of recent memory, the film Get Out, written and directed by Jordan Peele. Now, a few metrics and tidbits uh, to put in, in front of you as we sit down to examine this opus of a film. First of all, you might recognize the name Peele from Comedy Central's Key and Peele, the uh, sketch comedy series that has been described as... South Park by way of Chappelle show. If you've ever seen President Obama's anger translator, Luther, uh, Jordan plays President Obama in those sketches. In terms of numbers, Get Out was briefly the highest grossing film domestically directed, uh, that is to say the highest gro grossing film domestically directed by a black filmmaker during April 2017. It was eventually overtaken by the director of the latest Fast and Furious movies. Okay. Uh, however, it is still holding the record for the domestically highest grossing debut film Debut. 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 <laughs> Our Debat. friend slipped out. Yes, very, very good. <laughs> Le début. L'élément déclencheur. Hey, on um, so it's the highest grossing debut film based on an original screenplay in Hollywood history, beating out the two decades long record of The Blair Witch Project. Hey, not hey, bad. Not a bad record. Two decades old record? That's, that's it. Congratulations to him. And Jordan is such a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. Like just, if have you, there's have you no one that uh, I would want to see more holding that Trophy, he's so yeah. down to earth. He's such an imaginative person. Exactly. To go from Key and Peele to being like critically acclaimed. His Wikipedia page now? Yeah. The, the Wikipedia page for Get Out? I printed out. So I, I will show this to you. I'll have my colleague explain to you how many awards this wow. film has been nominated for. Uh, four it takes like... up five pages. <laughs> it's it's an absolute landmark yeah, project. Unreal. And the crazy thing about it is this is not an art piece. This is a funny, yeah. scary, yeah. amazing movie yeah. that still manages to have gotten a, a huge amount of critical acclaim. Fantastic. So just a huge props, hugs to, to Jordan. I mean, like, goddamn, dude, no one better. Nailed it. I want to, like, give you a standing ovation, man. <laughs> well done. Well, well done, sir. So, um, uh, uh. If there's anything else... Oh, yeah, all right. This is actually, like, one of the most important things. This film was made, ladies and gentlemen. I think my colleague will probably know the statistic already, but you might not. This film was made on a budget of $4.5 million. It went on to gross nearly, or a little bit more than $250 million. That's a that's a good ROI if you're investing in that movie. That's, like, a little over 56 times yeah. what was put into it was gotten out of it. I, I, Legendary. I mean, I mean, that's Wall Street at its... Yeah, like that's, that's Wall that's, Street that's, in, in a, on a day when the guys fall comatose exactly. looking at their returns. It's Bitcoin levels of holy shit. Well said. Yeah. Well said. And especially this week with everything that's been going on with Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. And did you hear the... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, we got to stay on track. We got to talk about this amazing movie. Uh, truth be told, I don't think we're going to be able to get through all of it. Oh, it's absolutely too not. deep. It's, it's too rich. It's too great. It's intense. Yeah. So um, as a final note... 
Uh, and it goes without saying, uh, this film has been called a cultural phenomenon. Uh, the sunken place, it, as it is called in, in the film, has gone on to become an internet meme that continues to permeate every corner of our culture, and film-inspired fan art is everywhere on the internet. Get Out is a bona fide yeah. internet phenomenon and something that is going to be a, a, a stamp on our generation of millennials absolutely for years to come yeah i remember i remember that seeing the uh the running guy meme before i even knew it was from that movie and then i saw the movie and i was like what the fuck <laughs> that's from this movie it's like tarantino-esque spielberg-esque yeah. levels of cultural penetration yeah it's wild I love it. It's crazy though, too, because there's a lot of people um, that don't know what it is. Like, uh, yeah. some of my friends, I, I like mentioned it to them, and they were like, "What? Get, get out? Get it? Are you talking Inside Out, the Pixar <laughs> movie?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> come on! What? You haven't heard yeah. of this? It was like very like low key in in Montreal." Yeah, I think it was big, uh, particularly on U.S. college campuses with everything that's happening now with race. Yeah, yeah. Because the film does touch on race quite a bit. Um, but uh, so getting back to our. <gasps> fail we forgot to turn the timer on <laughs> we're uh seven minutes late on that so so anytime we see a time there we have to add, add seven, seven minutes yeah it's gonna be great for my mental math let's go five plus two uh math <laughs> <laughs> see i did that mentally guys i did that mentally uh, that was actually a great <laughs> answer it's true. Don't answer with the like content. Answer with the context. Exactly. <laughs> answer the There's question no with way the question. You can be, like anything plus anything. It's math. math. Yeah. Figure it out, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, I have almost too many notes for this one. Yeah. I there's really, a there's a fat stack right there. I I, have, I got I went a little bit overboard. First of all, I love this script. I saw the first original script that Jordan submitted, and I saw what was originally. Uh, that is to say, I saw the original one, and then I saw what has been worked through with help from um, this really fascinating company, which is Blumhouse. Okay. Um, which is a really neat... They, they specialize in what's known as micro-investments. Yeah. Very kind of cool... That's uh, Jason Blum, right? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. I have his Wikipedia here. Yeah. It's I, equally I, as long as the, the award section. Calling will never cease to make fun of me for printing out everything. I really am of like an, like an ancient fossil. Like you know paper. what? I, I started getting on the printing grind too. So. No kidding. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something about having the paper Join in your the hand. Dark side. We have know. printers. Yes, it's magical. But I also got, we just got a new, uh, like, like the, the office printers. So it's like you can print like 50 Ooh. pages a second and it's just like, gorgeous. you know what? Fucking printed. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I have to say, as somebody who publishes primarily online, like I was looking at some of the stuff that I printed and it doesn't, feels kind of, you know, it feels weird. I don't usually see my stuff in print. I yeah. usually see it published on, on like, you know, yeah. I look at formatting. I spend all day in the pages trying to get, like, the margins right and, yeah. like, left justified and all these things that you saw. I usually am looking at it on a screen. Yeah. But, yeah, there's something to be said for paper. It's magic. And damn the trees. <laughs> Full stream. <laughs> all right. Uh, as, a, as a kind of cultural touchstone, I think we've basically sketched out for our, our listeners who are, are, are no longer um, 
for our listeners who are the words, guys. Talking. Words are hard. Okay, help me, help me sir. <laughs> I have no idea what you're trying to say, so I really can't. <laughs> Uh, for for those of you who uh, have not seen the film and do not intend to see it, but continue uh, to be with us on this podcast, spoiler alerts! Spoiler alerts! Yes, follow. Spoilers will follow, um, but we hope that we have sufficiently emphasized how important this movie is to the cultural landscape. Yeah, whether you live in the United States or not, I remember I, the six months uh, that I have spent in the United States. On two separate occasions, so it was one six-month stint and another six-month stint, and they were separated by about a year. And during that time, it was noticeable how how much different it was from being in Canada. Yeah. I really took it for granted. You know, there are lots of like my neighbors are of are from Uganda. They're they're yeah. not, and I would never describe them as being black. I would never say my neighbors are black. Yeah, I would say my neighbors are from Uganda because that's where they're that's, from. That's, yeah, my neighbors used to be from Hungary. Now they're from Uganda. Yeah. It wasn't, it was just, but it's very different in the States. And I had a number of really awkward moments where I would say things like, uh, I, I, I remember being at a table once and I asked the question, is he black? And it was completely, in, it wasn't, it wasn't like, I, I was just trying to gauge. So yeah. I don't even remember the context of the conversation. It was something like somebody was quoting someone else and yeah. I just asked, is he black? And it got really awkward, really fast because either I didn't use the proper expression African-American or it just seemed like, well, what does that matter? Yeah. And I was like, no, it doesn't. I didn't, you know, like, <laughs> if I were to ask if he had long hair, it wouldn't matter either. It was just, it doesn't, didn't carry the same cultural weight yeah, for yeah. me as it did for these, and I was in Massachusetts, which is the most liberal yeah. state. So, uh, just all to say, uh, if you're listening to this and you aren't from Canada, you're probably going to hear us interchange African-American and black pretty commonly this 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 film does deal with race and i hope you will not think of us as being racist or or participating in racial racial stereotypes or you know uh, if we slip into microaggressions or things like that we you know like we apologize but it's really coming from a place of we don't deal with the same kinds of things living where we live and uh for us it just it's never been that big of a deal like i had girlfriends who had boyfriends that were black and it wasn't, hold on, <laughs> former <laughs> girlfriends with four, who had dated guys. <laughs> oh my God. It wasn't, it wasn't the same kind of thing. There was no negative. We joke about how grandma and grandpa are like a little bit racist when they speak. Yeah. And it's, it, it's funny because it doesn't really affect us in the same way. Now, I might be wrong. You know, it, it might be the case that maybe... Uh, if I was a black guy living the same life in the same place where I live right now, I would have, would have been pulled over more often. Yeah. I don't know about that because I haven't lived that, but it just never, it wasn't, it, it's not in your face as much yeah. living in Montreal. It's a very multicultural city. There are a lot of immigrants from all over the world. Yeah. We have our tensions. We have our frustrations. I've heard the N-word used in anger. I've heard the N-word used benignly and it's you know it's something that like I used to say it before because I used to listen to a lot of rap, and then I stopped saying it after somebody basically kind of ex- didn't call me out on it, but the way that they spoke about it, and the way that it had been used against them, 
yeah. and they were of mixed race. They weren't. It was one of my very very good friends. But in any case, I don't say it anymore. But I'm not. I don't feel like I'm being policed out of saying it. It's not like yeah. someone jumped down my throat and ripped out my lungs with an ice cream scoop. You know, <laughs> do how dare you say that word? Yeah. It was just they kind of expressed to me a way, a situation, a different way of seeing it. Yeah, and after that, it just kind of. It didn't feel, I, I don't know, like, it's sort of like the same way I don't say tranny. Yeah. I say a trans person or trans. Yeah. Because that use that use of that word, I was in a situation where somebody used that word and then someone else kind of explained some of the meaning associated with it or the yeah. way it has been used and stuff. And I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to be, I'm not, I'm not going to say that anymore. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't enforced on me. Yeah. So just all to say, we know that we're probably going into some sketchy waters sketchy sketchy waters and precarious um kind of situations we are two white guys from montreal yeah. um i mean we're of italian heritage i never have thought of myself as a white guy yeah. i have like olive skin like i it was yeah. just i don't know i think maybe it's just canada man yeah who knows we're all we're all we're all mixed here right yeah i mean what's that, that famous expression is that the united states is a melting pot and canada is more like a tossed salad yeah we really have a lot of cultural variety and it, it doesn't anyway so just for, for those of you who are listening to us who are maybe thinking that we are very ignorant on the subject of race, um, we apologize. Maybe we do need to get our privilege checked or whatever you, what have you. Uh, but um, we're, we're, we're not, uh, maybe we're not exposed to the same kinds of tensions that some other people have been exposed to. So this is the way that we see it. And we're not going to be shy about the way that we see the world. Yeah, that's it. So hopefully that caveat will be enough for most of our audience. Now let's jump into the um, the meatiest part of this film, which for me, and I don't know about you, sir. I'm about, I'm about to ask you in a minute. Our audience is going. Oh, hold on! Before shut we start. up and let Eric speak. <laughs> you talk so much, Jesse. <laughs> before we start, rating of the film. Go. Uh, four and five. Uh, four point five on five. Oh, interesting. I, I just want to save that last five for I don't know. Yeah. Like I just I just want to save it just so I don't go all the way to the top. Yeah. But I'm. Uh, yeah, this is, and I, I I don't I don't do like you do like you do like two point eight like yeah. gradations for me it's it's I'll, I'll, the closest I will get to a whole point number five. it'll be a point five yeah, yeah that's fair if I can't give a whole number so um, it was just for me this is a story that's chunky and rich and it needs to be told it's not Thor Ragnarok exactly. like, where they basically sat down and they were like we want to make a whole bunch of money. Put Thor in a situation and have him solve it. Yay. This is a guy with a story to tell yeah. who's given a small budget yeah. to do it. And he kills He's got it. some great actors. The cast is amazing in this Very movie. Very good, yeah. The script is off the... Ch Ladies and gentlemen, you can sit down with the script like a book. It, it is an yeah. amazing script. It's funny if you just read it off the paper. Very good. I was struggling not to print the whole thing. <laughs> it's 100 pages long. I was really very, very tempted to print the entire thing. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> so... If you um, are looking for a a chunky, deep, uh, purpose-built story coming from someone who really has their own story to tell and is funny and having a great time doing it, I personally don't think in 2017 you can get better than Get Out. Yeah, no, it's it for me. It's like one of the top. So watch this movie, okay? Yeah, we just watch the movie. <laughs> Watch the come back. Watch the leave here. Watch the movie. Come back here. 
that's the plan. <laughs> like that you do it. He's like Ralph Cramden. Like he's, he's sound like you're outside a box. You're a bum. <laughs> you're on outside you're a, a box. Bum. You're you get out of here. You get you some money. You do the thing, and you come back, and you do the stuff. Okay, you you leave. You do this movie. You. You come back, you listen to the thing about us talking about the movie that we just left to go watch. I'm almost actually, like, frankly, sir, I'm a bit almost shy about it because now I want I want to see, like how you got, you got me to the box. I want to be like how how would come sound here talking about the universally acclaimed film that is the esteemed Get Out. out. <laughs> uh, it's like more like a Futurama Howard goes up. But uh, the, the thing is, this movie has been talked to death about, you know? Like, we're, yeah. we're kind of, like, jumping onto a bandwagon that has pretty much left town. Yeah, yeah. We're like, yeah. hey, guys, you should really see this movie. We're on movie. the rails, like, ooh, and, and a train passed here. Like, dude, you're... <laughs> you're four oh, months oh, late. <laughs> well, now I will see it. Thanks, yeah. Jesse and Eric. Because I was really waiting for your opinion to go <laughs> hey, and see this film. If it gets this guy more views. 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's You guys are really the ones who pushed me over. Like, I was doubting it. I was like, 99%, but maybe not. Is that really that good? That 1%. <laughs> mm, yeah, I had some my doubts, but now that you've recommended it. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, okay. We're, I, I, I hope that they hear more for us than the movie. <laughs> but that's just, realistically, that's not a thing. I, so. you know what? I still am shocked that anyone is here if you're listening to this right now you know god bless you because we you know it's i i all right i have to i have to digress a little bit i I, so i've I've currently listened to the first episode and the second episode and there are periods during the second episode when if i could punch myself in the face i would have at one point i'm explaining how a camera a digital camera takes photographs yeah and i did no research this is just all the top off the top of my head and as i'm listening to it i'm like everyone knows this shut up talk about your area of expertise you're a novelist talk about novels if you're you know like i'd read two books that week i could have spoken about the stuff i'd read instead i'm there like and it's an image card it's a card it's a a sensor sensor. (laughs) i'm listening to it i'm like oh my god just knock it off here's here's the thing all right some people might know some people not words are hard okay some people might not know (laughs) how cameras work Uh, it's 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 crazy how um it becomes i think dude pretty soon we have to go see a a film together yeah because there was something about that first one that it was like we had just gotten back and we was fresh yeah well to be honest i watched this movie i finished it 26 minutes ago so oh so it's it's pretty fresh for me (laughs) so let me ask you this um my colleague, I know you. You're, you, you continue to ruin movies for me in the best way possible. In that, yeah, Georgina, the fishbowl lens, yes, on her face. You saw right? that. I knew that you were going to talk about that, so I'm yeah. stealing that from you. But what did you see? I. Uh, it was just like it's that that unnatural, like uneasy feeling, and you're like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And then you notice it's the fish eye, and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then added on to the ridiculously good acting where you're laughing and smiling and tears are rolling down your face and you're like holy shit yes what is happening yes yeah yeah it's wild that very the 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 beauty like the beauty of these kinds of conversations is that you have you have like once upon a time i would feel this discomfort and i would just be like oh my god this is uncomfortable this is sketchy this is uncomfortable something bad's gonna happen something bad's gonna happen now i'm like something bad's gonna happen why do i feel that Oh, the lens. Oh, I do know why. Oh, look, it looks like I'm looking at her through a fishbowl. <laughs> hey, I can, t- I, I can tell Eric about this and win brownie points. <laughs> <laughs> That's all this is for. He's trying to win That's brownie points. That's what I come okay. here for, is to get respect from my cousin. 
the the thing about this movie that was that had the biggest impact i emailed you about this this morning yeah. is that i watched this last night and i and i had nightmares for the first time <laughs> in a long time i got it you know i when i emailed you i guess it was so recent that i was like they weren't really nightmares they were just bad weird dreams yeah. and over the course of the day i was like no no those, those are my nightmares. nightmares i couldn't fall back asleep i didn't want to fall back asleep i was getting up and like drinking coffee to make sure that i didn't fall back asleep yeah that's a nightmare yeah that's, that's what yeah, a nightmare much, is yeah. would you say you were getting out of bed Ooh. <laughs> oh, trash. That was bad. Okay, moving on. <laughs> we will continue to pun yes. shamelessly Get the fuck throughout out this here. podcast. Oh, okay, 14 plus 7. 22 Two seven. 21. <laughs> <laughs> Math! Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, uh, you know, one of those weird things that uh, I wrote down. So I wrote down some of my dreams. One of them involved President Obama. I went to go see President Obama because I felt trapped. Would you would you would you have voted for him for a third time? Yeah, that's one of those things that okay, all right. So um, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because before I start to dip into my own kind of silly reactions to this film, which are totally personal, one of the things that maybe our audience members it, maybe we should assume that our audience members maybe don't have the opportunity to see the film. All right, their powers out. They downloaded a podcast episode. Yeah. So they have, they're not able to see the movie. A summary of the film is that a young man named Chris, who's African-American, is dating a young woman named Rose. They're in their mid-20s. And the film opens in Act 1 with uh, Chris and Rose preparing to go and meet Rose's parents. So they've been dating for four to five months. Rose is white, by the way. Yes, indeed. Rose is white. And and blue, uh, sorry, white collar, white. That yeah. is to say, her parents live on a fairly large estate out in the country, in an yeah. area where it's it's more or less implied that most of the people there are white, also. Yeah. And and by white, we also mean white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, as you would picture. Yeah. Someone in the United Cra- States. Crazy white people. Right. Not white like us. No. We're a bunch of Italian Catholics. Our grandparents came on a boat with nothing but the shirt on their backs. You know, yeah. these are establishment, very, yeah. um, you know, you know, they can trace their ancestors all the way back to the Puritans kind yeah, of a way. Exactly. And they're um, not aware that Chris is black. And Chris raises this to Rose and Rose t- tries to assure him that her parents aren't racist. And as she says, my dad would have voted for Obama a third time if he could. And she also makes the joke that Chris is undoubtedly going to hear this when he shows up at the house. Yeah. Her father is, despite being not racist, her father is weird around black people, yeah. bringing up strange things. And indeed, this is what happens when Chris and Rose finally arrive. There's a couple of other things that happen in between, but we'll talk about that after. There's some beautiful metaphor involving a deer yeah. that we will get to shortly. But when Chris and Rose finally arrive... Chris's father, played by Bradley Whitford of West Wing fame. Holy crap, did I lose my shit when I saw Bradley Whitford. Dude, that's Josh Lyman. Oh, my God. Wow. It was huge. That was huge for me. I love that show. West Wing is my favorite show of all time. Awesome. I don't think I've ever said that on the record, but now it has been said. It's written in stone. Um, So uh, Bradley Whitford, playing Rose's dad, is taking him around the house and... They just happen to hit on a lot of weird things. Like, for example, uh, <laughs> Brad Whitford. <laughs> okay, no. Dean is the name of Rose's dad. 
Dean says, so how long has you know, this been going on? And it's just weird and it's awkward. Yeah. Then eventually he finds a way to bring Chris over to a photograph of his father. And he says, you know, his father actually lost in the Olympic trials for the U.S. racing team, sprinting team, to Jesse Owens. Yeah. Jesse Owens, who we know is the uh, Olympic gold medal winner at Hitler's Olympics yeah. in Berlin. Uh, and... Uh, Chris expresses, you know, like a normal human being would. He's like, oh, man, that must have sucked for your dad. And he was like, no. Uh, he just kind of skims over he, it. He, like said, he said that, yeah, he almost got over it. He almost got over it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good memory, sir. Well, I watched it fucking an hour ago. Perfect. So I'm glad you did. Hopefully. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you did. I think yeah. that's, that is exactly what was said. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's one of those moments that helps to emphasize to you, not only is this script going to be really awesome and tight, like it's yeah. going to have all these different... Well, I have Easter a little eggs. note that I want to make sure that I don't forget that was super cool that happens right after this. Um, but basically, Chris is a guy. He's a fish out of water character. You yeah. know, this could have been he's a poor guy who is now being introduced to his his girlfriend's rich parents. Yeah. Like Peter Griffin with the pewter Schmitz. Yeah. Except there's that extra element to it in that Chris is black and this is a white family and they go out of their way to try and not make him feel uncomfortable which actually Makes just only serves to make him feel uncomfortable yeah. and a number of things happen to chris over the course of the day one of the ways in which this is a fantastic storytelling is we actually get a nice summary at the end of act well not at the not right at the end of act one but at, after the first day of being there so i would say like 85 percent through act one chris and rose are together in a room and Rose is like, oh, man, and my brother who tried to put you in a chokehold and you know, my dad talking about Obama and, you know, the, the whole thing with right. She's like bringing up all of these things that added to the discomfort. Yeah. And Chris's response is, you know, I told you so. Yeah. Wrecked. Uh, it's 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 not a situation you would want to be in. But this is one of the ways in which Jordan Peele does what is absolutely phenomenal in that he you are Chris. Like, I'm looking at this film. Everybody is so weird and out of touch yeah. that I am looking at this film as if I am the protagonist who is Chris. Yeah. At no point am I thinking, like, I'm a white guy. He's a black guy. I can't relate to that situation. I'm just like, wow, that Dude, this is, we people are odd. Yeah. The brother gets drunk and starts to, goes from being, like, friendly and telling goofy yeah. stories about his sister. Think about the casting on that, too, creepy. right? He looks so fucking He does. Weird. He absolutely does. Uh, it, you know, like from the from the creepy mustache yeah. to everything else, that was a fan. And you know, that guy not only does he does he kill that role, yeah. but Rose, holy shit! Oh my god, this actress does a phenomenal job. She's actually, I think, she's married to one of the co-founders of College Humor. Okay, interesting. Uh, Allison, let me find her name just to give her the credit that she is due. She does a fantastic job. Allison Williams. Well done yeah. to you, Madam. Unreal. Uh, a, a truly phenomenal performance. And uh, from Act One, where she's just the like this adorable, wonderful girlfriend, yeah. to Act Two, where she's starting to struggle with, you know, she almost seems to imply that she's distressed and she's torn between Chris and her family. Yeah. Chris is uncomfortable and she's a bit bothered by that and if she feels like she has to choose and then eventually she sides with Chris to act three when she becomes fucking Hannibal Lecter yes horrifying horrifying Single and it, the switch eating. is just ooh. yeah 
to the point where I was like, like you what know, I was like, fuck? oh my god, like I don't want to date for a couple <laughs> yeah. days like that. It's like terrifying yeah. to think that there are humans who are that good at making yeah, you literally a flick of the switch because she's it's, completely it's different. It's real person. love. I mean, like her relationship with Chris is so loving and so warm and so yeah, and then convincing, good. and then yeah. that moment where she holds up the keys and goes like. You know I can't give you the keys, babe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And she's, she's waving with yeah. the keys on her finger. And it's just this moment of... Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it was so convincing. She just yeah. had me... Like, she just... Oh, yeah, I got yeah. suckered in. Yeah. Even the second time watching it, I I got suckered in the first time. And I'm like, oh, right. She's fucking insane. She's fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> you still can't. I mean, even her... Just look at her picture on the poster. Like, she, it, look at that. Look yeah, at that. She's, she's looking at him with love She looks so eyes. happy. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. So this is a very, very well-casted film. Let me make sure that I hit the point that I was trying to make. Um, so basically, the, the point being that this family that is going out of their way to ostensibly, in Act 1, make Chris feel at home, only succeeds in making him feel even less at home. Yeah. Then we get the, the absolute genius of Jordan Peele's writing. For example... And th this is one, I, I'm sure other critics have talked about this, but I, I could not get over this moment when I went back and I read the script again after seeing the movie. Dean um, is the father, and he is bringing her, uh, uh, excuse me, he's bringing Chris into the kitchen, and he says, um, regarding Rose's grandma, who has passed away, this was her favorite room. So we still keep a piece of her in here. Yeah. And then we see Georgina. Da, na, na, now, na, if na, you na, don't na. know, they're taking people's brains out and <laughs> different bodies. Georgina is the black maidservant. Uh, she is um, the house cleaner and... She's that, an Italian grandma, essentially. She is what for us is an Italian grandmother. She, she takes care of, of basically everything that you could want to be taken care of um the piece of her is her brain oh my god i lost it when i saw that I in the know. script i completely lost it that is the cleverest yeah bit of dialogue i did not catch that the first time i watched it and the thing is when he's like we like to keep a little piece of her in here there's the nothing he doesn't refer to any piece it's just we like to keep a little piece of her in here and then there's Georgina and you're yeah. like oh I guess she knew Georgina Georgina wait that what? doesn't make sense but your brain doesn't catch it the first time yeah, you watch it because you still don't know what the fuck's happening you don't know what's going on yeah. right so when he says we like to keep a little piece of her in here the piece of her is it's her brain <laughs> in the body of a woman who's been abducted yeah. and had a an involuntary transplantation of brain tissue so that she has, she was hitting it oh Jesus Dude, you have to explain it for me because I'm losing it. This movie is too good. They take, okay, they take a black person with a good body and they take their shitty old white body with the brain and they take the white brain out and they put it in the, the good young white, the black body and then you got the old white person brain in the young black person body. Indeed. But in the beginning, there were white people too. Yeah. So yeah, it's not true. a purely racial issue. It's just this idea that people of a certain wealth feel entitled to take the healthy bodies of people who are poorer and against their will Just put their brains inside so that they can continue to live yeah. without having the limitations of their old decrepit bodies. Exactly. And then, as is described in one memorable scene, um, 
where the um, so this is now as we move into Act Two, um, a a Japanese gentleman asks. So, do you find that being African American has more advantages or disadvantages in the modern world? Because they're literally shopping for Chris's body. <laughs> yeah, they're literally saying, "Hmm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm." It's, it's eventually kind of implied that everyone there who is looking for a new body is sort of sick in one way or another. Yeah, and they're just trying to figure out if if this one's be, right. Then. Yeah, you know, is being black right for them? And when they, of course, get to the sort of more awkward questions, you start getting situations where, like... Uh, the woman um, would just, like, feel him up, and she'd be like, ooh, very feeling, good. Is it true that it's better? Yeah. Is and it she, true he's got a big dick? What the... <laughs> get, oh, my God! Get out, woman. It was woman. so scary. Yeah, that, that lady needed to get out. Yeah. Or, you know, he's like, uh, wow, you know, I, I know, I used to be a professional golfer. Like, actually, I know Tiger. Yeah. I love Tiger. So let me see your golf swing. Yeah, he's like he's I shopping for golf. his body. He's a human being, <laughs> yeah, and he's asking wild. him to show off a golf swing because he's trying to figure out how much he's gonna bid for him. Yeah, for his, not for him. He's irrelevant. Chris, for the as body. a person, is yeah. irrelevant. Exactly. They're gonna remove Chris. They're gonna dump his brain into a metal bucket, and Chris is gonna be effectively dead. He's gonna be in the in the sunken zone or the place. Uh, sorry, sunken place. The, the sunken place. And he's going to be a passenger inside his own body for the rest of his life. Yeah. And someone else is going to be able to use everything else about him. Everything that makes him him yeah. is going to look from the outside as being the same. But inside, Chris is now going to be a passenger in his own body. And these people are shamelessly asking him to do, like, let me see your golfs, like, yeah. your, let your me, posture. Just, just, just try it out let in me front feel of me, your dude. muscles let me try and figure out if i want to buy you and how yeah. much i want to pay for your body because you're not even a human yeah it's oh my god it was fuck it's but it's only when you go like the, as i'm watching the movie the first time i was like oh god, that's, that's a people. weird oh, question yeah white people oh rich white people are the worst oh fuck and then you go back and you're like holy <laughs> shit it's insane it's psychotic <laughs> yeah it's thank god ridiculous. for the character of rod yeah which is a, a sentence that rhymes Hey, not too shabby. Ron is um, actually, you know what? Yeah, fuck, fuck. Uh, this is our goddamn podcast. I just want to say to you, the first podcast that we did. At one point, you go like, her name is Hila or Hella. She was hella good. <laughs> I have that stuck in my head. Like, I'll be, I'll be in, in like, the, I'll be like going looking for food, and I'll be like eating some like old Tostitos from the bottom of the bag. I'll be like, mm, Tostitos. Fair. These are hella good. <laughs> it's become a meme in my own little world. So I love those self memes. We have to, yeah. Those yeah. the self. We had so many self memes Absolutely. over the course of our long history. Absolutely. Uh, uh, this is one. So here, uh, let me. A couple things. Golf swing. Is it better than another shopper? If you, I mean, this is. It's a freaking. They're freaking shopping for his body. Yeah. Asks Chris. Or, or says to Chris, comments to him, you know, fair skin was in favor, but now the pendulum is swinging the other way, and now black is in fashion. Oh, like, they're literally, it's like, talk, this is some, you know, like, red dragon, it puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Yeah, it's fucked. They're literally shopping for his being. Yeah. They're not interested in who, who he is, is as yeah. a person. Ah, oh, just throw him out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just, you know, we'll just take you out and yeah. put me yeah. in. I'm more valuable than you because yeah. I have wealth. Yeah, it's wild. 
it's it's very and that's one of the things people you know people talk about the race as- aspect of this and I find that it, obviously there's a, a strong conversation to be had here yeah, about sure. race but there's also a conversation to be had here about class yeah these idea that these people feel that they are in a higher class than Chris and therefore they're entitled to whatever the fuck to they use his body and it's not yes just because he happens to be black it becomes about slavery yeah. but it it can it could apply just as equally Okay, not entirely as equally. Our, our our ancestors came here as desperately poor immigrants and not as slaves. Yeah. However, the idea that when they came here, they were WAPs, right? They yeah. were moody d'Italien. Yeah. Right? That they were considered to be... Garbage. Garbage that didn't belong in this place because they weren't French and they couldn't speak English. And it was just kind of like, oh God, get the, like get them yeah. out of here. Why are we allowing them in here? They're dirty. They yeah. they make spaghetti. Their food smells. You know, like all yeah. of this stuff. That whole culture is equivalent. It was a class based issue, and it's the same as as what these people are treating Chris as. They're, they're it's not like oh he's black. I'm not going to talk to him. I, a white man wouldn't presume to talk to a black man. It's <laughs> like oh he's poor. So basically, his body is forfeit. If I want yeah. to take his body, it's mine. It's mine. Yeah. It's basically my property. Yeah, I could just spend a little bit of money, and it's yours. Yeah, yeah. and presumably, if if like the culture changed, and suddenly it was they wanted to have the bodies of Indians, or they wanted to have the bodies yeah. of uh, people from British Columbia, or you know, Indi- you know, it could be it could be totally arbitrary. But it's this yeah. idea that just transfer. I am I I have wealth, and you don't, and therefore you're. You don't own yourself. I can own you if I pay for you. Exactly. Which is weird. This is weird to me, though. If you develop a way to transplant a brain perfectly or semi-perfectly, and you're paying, I'm assuming the number one, two, three, four, five, when he's bidding is a million. I think it was 10 billion. You thought it was million? I thought it was million. million. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I thought it was million. So, like, would we not think of a better way to, I don't know, like like generate a new body or like reverse aging versus like yeah but i I, yes you're you're right i actually didn't even go there i was thinking more of the like um actually it's funny because the thing that got me thinking about it when you when you said like 10 million yeah i was like "Hmm, for 10 million it would probably be cheaper to just go kidnap someone from africa yeah because you would have less struggle less struggle and you know you'd have less problems with the police and things like that and just kind of various and i'm like oh and i'm like what what am i what wait a second am i thinking (laughs) about right now but it's true you make a strong point that first of all 10 million dollars doesn't sound like that much like you could spend 10 million dollars trying to get heart surgery for your kid if he has a really rare heart condition exactly yeah uh so nice condo on the mountain is i think it's more like it's almost like um sort of like the purge in that you if you think about it too much it all falls apart it just so happens that the purge is so heavy-handed yeah like oh it's this white family and they sell security because obviously they sell security yeah and their neighbors are jealous of them and then on the purge night uh a young black homeless man comes to the door and he's being chased and then they let him in and it's just so heavy-handed it's just like oh god yeah did anyone with a brain look over the script absolutely but not lots of people with brains did but they just wanted the cash. They that's it. That's it. That's the thing that makes us different. It's Jordan. Yeah. Jordan has a story to tell. He comes to the table with a story to tell. I saw the first version of the script, and as I was working with it, I was trying to find quotes, and I was like, "This is not the same as what I saw in the movie." Then when I saw the final version, I was like, "Oh, okay. This has been worked through." Yeah. He's probably gotten assistance from other veteran screenwriters, but there was a story to tell. 
Yeah. Then it gets polished down. And this is for you kids. If you're like a screenwriter and you're reading your your script and you're you're just like, oh my god, this is crap. I'll never be able to do this. Even Jordan Peele needed help. You know, yeah, the dude exactly. is a fucking legend, and he needed help too. Yeah, this is a guy who's been writing sketches for Key and Peele for the last like Seven little years, over, little less yeah. than a decade, I should say. Yeah. So don't ever doubt yourself. Don't be that guy who doubts himself or herself. Get a friend, look it over. Get another friend, Get a friend look it over. Exactly. Get friend, and then when, when you sell it and someone comes up to you and they say, hey, listen, we're going to sit you down with uh, a couple of veteran screenwriters and they're going to help you work on it too. Don't be... Don't be fucking... Don't be uppity. Don't be... Yeah. Uppity is not the right... Don't Jesus be a Christ. bitch. It's Take the, the right advice. Word. Seriously, yes. Grow, grow. Take advantage of these opportunities. Yeah. You're nothing, nothing that you create right now is you. You are you. Your work is not you. Yeah. Let your work be judged. Let your work be critiqued. Allow people to to contribute to it. Yeah. Good things will happen. Exactly. Uh, that's something to, I see a lot take, with young writers. You also have to take every advice with a grain of salt, though. Because sometimes you do get the person who doesn't know what they're talking about, pretend like they're talking about, tell you, this is shit, but it's actually good. Yeah. No, no. I, I, so, like, take everything with a grain of salt, but usually yes. any advice. I fully agree with that. I fully agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I fully yeah. agree with that. It's almost like a... Oh, man, you just fucked me up. Because <laughs> I completely agree with that, too. That's very true. Yeah. It depends on who you're encircled with. Yeah. Or encircled by. Yeah. Um, you just... Uh, I, I, at the very least, never stop. That's it. I think yeah, that's yeah, advice yeah. that that's can it. be yeah. pretty universal. Just yeah. never stop. Don't let anyone discourage you. And if you really do believe that what you're working on is in its perfect form and there's someone who's telling you that it needs to be changed and you're like, I can't bear to see it changed, try and compromise. Try and find a middle ground because yeah. it's rare where someone is so talented that... Let me put it like this. Jordan Peele is one of the most talented dudes working today, I think. Yeah. And even he needed some modifications to his script yeah. to get it to what eventually became this phenomenal landmark of a movie. Yeah. So no one is too good for criticism. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you should just lay down and let someone railroad your work and just completely trample it. Exactly. But uh, no one is so good that they are totally beyond the need for a little bit of constructive criticism. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Hopefully that's fair enough. We'll uh, roll with that. We try, we try and introduce nuance here on Film and Color. That's fantastic. Um... All right, so uh, incidentally, uh, you know, I like our name. <laughs> I just want to say, we, we, you know, in our first few two episodes that we've published now, we still hadn't decided on a name, but as of episode, I think, three, yeah. we settled on a name, and it's grown on me. Like, I mean, look at this. Uh, yeah, look, we got a, we got a binder spine, in front of us here. with a big, fat, film and color podcast on it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's rocking. It's rocking that navy blue fucking orange <laughs> contrast. Oh, baby. I love this binder. With way too many pieces of paper in it. Oh, I love it. It does have way too many pieces of paper. Well, you, I, hey, no thanks to you. Look, at, when you print it off, Wikipedia. Oh, I'm putting you on blast now, bro. Oh, Look at this. Not double-sided. Oh. Who printed that? Wrecked. Hmm? Some, some, Who some printed that? Printed that. There's at least two extra pieces of paper Shit. in here. Fuck those trees, belong. eh? God damn it. Uh, my friend is a. It has a tree. I'm a tree assassin. In mind. Um, okay, so one of the things that um, just to bring us back to the movie a little bit, actually, sir, take the reins a little bit. 
I got so frustrated listening to myself in episode two, just kind of like I just got so frustrated. I was like, "Give the wheel to Eric, let him God drive." Damn it, this motherfucker. All right. Um, no, I just wanted to. I just wanted to keep talking about the um, like taking taking advice from people, uh, and like not not only advice I think, but like when someone says when someone gives you an opinion, uh, you have the right to say no to that. And I think a lot of people in our industry who are smaller. The, the motto that a lot of people roll with is never say no. Yeah. Uh, and I think to a certain extent that's good, but I also, you can yeah. kind of get fucked over by that. Never say never is better. Yeah. Like there are really a lot of important times in my career when I said no and it was the smartest move for me to make because the flow was going in a direction that was basically turning what I wanted to make into something that I didn't want to make anymore. Yeah. And I only learned that lesson by acquiescing to a project and then it's the project stopped being fun yeah like it was like a it was a long project too it was like a, a magazine article that wasn't actually i don't want to describe what the project was can we cut, cut hey. that so basically there was a project that i had to work on and uh i got criticism for it and i just said yes because i was so excited that someone was interested in my work and then i it was long it was um the final product was eight pages, but it started off as being 20 pages long. So I had to cut a lot of it out. Yeah. And then the thing is that it wasn't just things that were being cut out. The direction was being changed. Okay. It yeah. wasn't what I set out to do in the beginning. Yeah. But now I had acquiesced and I was getting paid to do it. So now things were starting to like, Yeah. I was sort you of- You kind of get forced into- it felt, it felt very crappy, like on my soul. It was, yeah, yeah. It was like- it's like not your, I, it's not I knew I needed work. to do it, but I just wanted to get it over with. And, and and to think that I started off with such like high aspirations for it to become something that was like a zombie of its former self. Yeah. And every time I sat down to work on it, I just felt like, ugh. This isn't your, it's just not your style. It's like you're forcing yourself to do someone else's It, it wasn't even something I believed in. Like, it, yeah. like not only was did it like lose a bit of my, like, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I have a style, yeah. but... I, at the very least, it started off being something that I was passionate about, and it turned into something that I didn't even believe in by the end. It was just like, well, I said I was going to do it, so now I have to do it. Yeah. And so when I finally like sent it in, I just felt like, ugh. Like, I just was like, oh, I'm never going to... I never want to do anything like that again. I would rather not have a have like paying work yeah. than to spend the rest of my career doing stuff like that. Yeah. So I just branched out, and this is actually one of the places where I got really serious about self publishing, which I, I would highly recommend to a lot of people if you're not really sure what you're good at. Yeah. Because it, it's very tempting to sell copy. Yeah. It's very tempting. There are so many blogs who just want clickbait. They're just like. Yeah. Like they just want long form pieces they, so that just they, they can like drop an ad after every third paragraph. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. They're not there for the content. They're no. just like, make it this long so that we can put this many ads in it. Exactly. And also it has to be PC and also it has to be like not offensive. And you know, like we don't want to, we don't want it to blow up. We just want it to be something where we can put ads on it. Yeah. And you're just like, why? Uh, yeah. I hope, I hope that this is not something that's recognizable enough Yeah. that I'm going to get in trouble for it. But basically, it was one of those moments where... Because the people that I worked with were good people. Yeah. It's not that they were like hacks or, or terrible people who were like, oh, I just want to watch the world burn. They were, they were good people. It's just that's this was the business model that they had been handed. And this is what I agreed to. And it's just that I didn't understand what I was agreeing to when I got into it. Yeah, absolutely. But this, is, this was not for me. Like from the very beginning, I was like, this is not 
for me. The feedback that I was getting back was very politely stated, but it was also firm in that I'm not don't make jokes like this. Don't make don't do this like this. Don't do that like this. And I'm like, you're you're taking me out of my thing. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. This is not fun. I can't like why are you writing it? Just writing. I'm not gonna spend eight hours. Yeah writing a document that i then look back on and that i wouldn't want to read exactly you know yeah like this is not who i don't what what like white bread toothpaste eating you know know what fuck them (laughs) i'm not talking about the people who who i worked with i'm talking about the the people who read that garbage yeah what what kind of like stupid like wheat toast cereal with no milk eating not are you ready for a transition here or what it was just frustrating to to think that there was anybody who would enjoy reading the the final document that i submitted and what i was pleased that they were like okay this is good this is ready for publication and we'll let you like you know like we'll and i got lots of you know requests for stuff they're like we'd like something on this we'd like something on this feel free to submit your your you know your submission i was like no bye i don't know what audience you have but i fucking hate them i hate your audience goodbye and there's an audience for a lot of people that do like the stuff that I write that I like reading also. So exactly. they're out there. It's just... You gotta find it. Apparently they're not on some of the more sophisticated... God damn you listeners and... Blogs. And oh, readers. Geez, man. I don't know who... Uh, I like have this image in my head of like Joe Scarborough from <laughs> MSNBC's Good like Morning Joe. Not yeah. Good Morning Joe. Just Morning Joe. <laughs> where just like somebody who's just kind of like has like a stick up their butt. And, and I like Joe. You know, but I, it's just, I don't, is that the kind of fiction that he likes to read? Is like stuff that's like, like white bread that's (laughs) been left in the sun so that it's like stiff and crunchy and like even birds are like dog food. Don't you have some seeds or some shit? I don't want to eat that wet, terrible. Soggy bread. Anyway. Gross. God, that was a terrible metaphor and a long rant, but. (laughs) But we're back. I'm actually kind of happy to get that off my chest. Yeah, it's good. Uh, uh, have you ever had any projects like that, sir, that you've worked on? Uh, and for those of you who, who have a limited patience for our digressions, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, um, we will get back to, to Get Out very soon. In fact, I think it probably relates to it in the sense that this is definitely a passion project. Like you see yeah. works, you see films where it looks like the director just gave up halfway through. Yeah, it's just, it's just sausage in, sausage out. Yeah, you get you get like act one where it's like, oh, there was some passion here, and then act two, you're like, uh, all right, maybe act three will make up for it. And no. act three is literally just like a, yeah, okay, good, well, great, fantastic. Okay, well, thanks for making that, that a, into a movie because great thirty dollars really well wasn't spent. a waste of my time. <laughs> yeah, have you ever worked on on something like that where you're halfway through and you're just like, okay, no, I'm just I'm just getting this done. Fuck him, I'm just doing my job, and then I'm getting out. Absolutely, yes? all the time. Uh, I I don't want to name any names, but. Uh, there was we're there professional was here at yeah yeah you know we, we can't we can't uh, bash anyone because they pay us so <laughs> hey but uh no there, there's some stuff i work on where like halfway through you're just like god fucking damn it why am i doing this why did i say yes to this amount and you're like god damn it but this amount you mean like this amount, this of-, amount of money mm. usually I'm not, I'm not a huge like money guy but at the, at the end of the day like not I'll, the same. Yeah, I'll like, you I'll get like, paid for your work. I'll hold myself you know? out yeah. for a little bit more, you know? Yeah, yes, you know? absolutely. You know? absolutely. So, like... But then it starts to, like, not seem like it, uh, enough when, yeah, you yeah, start, like, when it starts to become damn. torture. Yeah. Yeah. But no, there, there's some there's some projects where, like, halfway through, I was like, this needs to stop, or, like, we need to change what's happening right now. 
because it's not working for me and like i know i can't deliver the best product i can deliver if i hate my life every second i'm there you know that's a really did you hear that ladies and gentlemen for those of you who do hire people for for creative work state say that again bro that's really really crucial you have to like what you're doing and if you don't like what you're doing if you don't want to be there you're not going to deliver your best work yeah i completely agree if you hate your life every minute that you're working on a project even if it looks on the surface to be really professional yeah it's not there's something it'll ooze through i think it'll ooze through to the end user it'll ooze oh absolutely because they they see that like not they see like there it looks nice but it's not there's no passion there's no soul behind it yes yeah there's something there's almost like and it's weird because with us creative people like we don't loathe we don't hate or loathe others typically in a like gregarious way if if there's anyone that we start to hate it's ourselves yeah yeah and so we just like it's like you can almost spot certain creative work where you're like that guy hated himself for yeah. making that <laughs> that that song right there the guy who got paid to make that hated himself for writing that song yeah because it just oozes of fuck of self love and that could be as yeah. easy as just like a ghostwriter on a rap Oh, you know, you're just listening yeah. to a rap and it's like good rap good rap good rap and then like, there's like a one line in there where you're like does that fit not only was that like way well <laughs> below par but it doesn't match like the the soul of the other thing. yeah that like that screams a guy who's like i can't believe i'm accepting money to write for this piece of shit exactly singer <clears throat> exactly. indeed it's weird how that has become like a really big thing nowadays with uh, youtube Something. I don't yeah, know. Like, Phil DeFranco talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Phil DeFranco. <laughs> Dude, we, we love you, Phil. <laughs> you introduced me to Phil way back. Yeah. Uh, and, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to pay attention to the topics because I'm going to fuck up your editing <laughs> life by, no, by we'll jumping around too much. We'll figure it out. But um, uh, Phil is one of those guys that, for me... Um, like there's two. I, I told you this before uh, for my audience. Out of the top five things in my life that like are are the backbones of my media diet, two of them were provided to me by Eric, and one hey. of them is Rick and Morty, and the other one is Phil DeFranco. Because, dude, I mean, there's something about the way you can become totally out of touch with internet culture, and I find it pretty much like easy. You know, like I, yeah. I don't. I prefer like sitting down with the Economist than like learning about youtube feuds or whatever yeah but youtube is becoming a really powerful medium like exactly. you now i hear about it from people i meet and like you know like, like yeah. friends of of some of my like friends or, or like kind of like they'll be like really upset about something and you're like what what who <laughs> yeah wait a sec L- logan who <laughs> yeah and they make logan like wolverine in that movie and they're yeah. like no uh look at paul paul, uh... paul who yeah no jake who, who? <laughs> the fuck are you talking well, who are you talking about yeah. yeah and they're like no it's a guy with two first names and he yeah. has a brother yeah with two first names and they both have millions of dollars and i'm like how do they make that and they're like 13 year old girls <laughs> okay pedos what are you talking <laughs> about i don't understand yeah. it's wild there's a little bit of investigation um, I would include actually because I got I got only got to H three H three from Phil yeah and uh, yeah, oh my god fine. yeah yeah it's fine I def- I would consider myself an Elo client <laughs> I never like I only tune in maybe like once or twice a year or something but I always catch up on all the videos and yeah. Ethan you know he kills it. Ethan is just Ethan yeah and Ela is just Ela yeah. you know yeah. you can't you can't separate them they're not good there by are themselves. certain people who are just such like dynamic duos 
not yeah dynamic duos but not just that like they're just like titans of being themselves that yeah. you're just like okay i'm in <laughs> yeah just i respect five the minutes in you're just oh, okay yep yeah. i'm in and i lost four hours of my life and you, you could just imagine like if we showed that to our parents they would be like uh easily why what the are you, fuck am i are watching you wasting this? your like get a job like yeah. you're like what are you doing watching people talk about things yeah but it's not that it's that there's something about the genuineness of these people that yeah. you watch them and you're like oh, <laughs> oh my god if this dude was my neighbor i would be at his house 24 oh, 7 yeah, just I'd like, live there dude what are you doing can, we, can i just watch you play video games yeah. just no, I'll just you sit have in the room. Like a I'll hidden just sit in the charisma yeah. that I can't explain, <laughs> and I just want to be in your presence. You just make me happy by existing. Just, just, just exist. I'll be. I'll just sit in the corner. Like, and, I can't uh, work right now. I'm upset. I'm sad, and I, all I want to do is just be in the presence of you. Exactly. It's wild. It's really wild. It's and I, that's one of the things that I can't explain because I typically like print media more than anything else. Like I find yeah. that calms me down. It like makes me happy. It's like my core. Yeah. If I were to, you know, like. I, most like 99% of the time if I'm in like in a really bad spot I like reach for a book yeah and when those like rare moments come where I experience an internet personality that makes me feel like a book makes me feel I'm like this guy is the shit yeah I would definitely include Ethan and Phil and iDubbbz Hey. Hey. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yes. <laughs> I'm gay. <laughs> I'm gay for iDubbbz. Oh, he's out. I, iDubbbz is, is without a doubt like uh, uh, one of those people who um, just in the limited, limited exposure I've had to him, every time he picks up a subject, I'm like, oh my God, what so is much. he do? He's like a surgeon yeah. who just like cuts someone open. You're just like, that's savage. Do, do you know what you're doing? Like, yeah. are you sure you can handle, dude, you go to jail for what you just did. Like, are you sure you have the, and he just skillfully, yeah. he just finesse. starts moving things. He finesses and he does that. And then he sews the person all up at the end. And you're like, hey, and you're just that like, person has a new brain. Oh my God. Yeah, this guy <laughs> is so good at what he does yeah. that every time he goes to do it, you're like, it's like items don't don't no, he's no, like a guy on like no. a high dive yeah and he's like i'm gonna jump off of this and survive and you're like items don't you we sure? love you like already you there's like... no need you don't need to keep pushing the envelope yeah and then he does a backflip and then you're he like... do- and you're just like Ooh. i cannot stop wanting to to love this man <laughs> <laughs> i'm gay hey <laughs> No, but it's true. There's a couple of, of YouTubers that I've been exposed to that uh, are just uh, kind of almost legendary on their own merits. And and it's weird because I, I typically reserve that kind of admiration for authors. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they're like a lot authors that have been long dead. Like we're talking about like, you know, like Flaubert. You know, like yeah. it's like. Yeah. Who, who think, the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. You like yeah. say that at a party. People are like, who's this pretentious douchebag? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, no. Come oh, on. And I'm Bovary. You don't know Flaubert? <laughs> that's the that's the only thing that we've ever gotten from learning French is that we can pronounce names. Uh, uh, God, we have to get back to our shit. This is gonna be the worst episode ever. You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's Christmas time. We uh, we uh, how do you say got out of touch? Is there anything about get out that has not already been said better by someone smarter than us? Uh, that's a good question. Um, Gal Gadot. Just that's ran, so unrelated last, to last her. Thing, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna go away. But everyone says Gal Gadot. Yeah. 
right? Because that's the way you're actually supposed to pronounce it. That's it's the some, Israeli pronunciation. It's some weird shit, eh? What, but we always say Gal Gadot. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you live in Montreal. It's facts. And in French, if you see G G A D O T. D O T, it's Gadot. Yeah. So you would say Gal Gadot. And no, it's Gadot. Because it's, it's freaking Israeli. Yeah. It's wild. So. I was interesting. I was shooting. I'm so off my game today, bro. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I was shooting this week and we were reading a script and it said P-L-U-S. Like in French, French script, P-L-U-S. How would you pronounce that? Because on set we were having an argument, like, not an argument, but like we were discussing like, does it sound, is it this or is it this? And then the French guy, he was like, you can say either, but like this one's more like. So it's plus or plus. Exactly. Yeah. And you can say either? Apparently. Which I... I don't know because I've only heard one so for a language that I already have a lot of <laughs> animosity about yeah I could resentment not care towards about this goddamn mess it's one of those things where it's just like but you know what through yeah check oh, this out through 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 T-H-R-O-U-G-H okay now spell what a pig eats out of a trough oh a trough yeah spell it's the it. same spelling no T-R-O-U-G-H so you add an H and it becomes through you take the H out and it's trough yeah, nailed it. Uh, Th- so, uh, thanks, guys. So, and thanks, I, I, like, fuckers. if someone like was like, "I'm, you know, from Hong Kong. I've come here. I'm starting to learn English, and <laughs> I find stop. your language is a pile of shit." <laughs> <laughs> like, stop. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Let's just say we've been through it, and it belongs in a drop. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That the English is fucking hard to learn. Yeah, yeah, but for us, it's weird because, like, for us, it's it's kind of a. Uh, <laughs> it grows on you. Yeah. <laughs> like you start to love how fucked up it is. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. Um it's interesting though, like Dude, I need you you, you gotta be the spine of this episode, oh, man. I'm, I'm so off Five, of my game. Four, three, two, one. Boom. We are shooting this week and the English scripts were written by a French person who doesn't know how to speak English, but then we asked the guy and it was written by an English person. And and we're like, what do you mean? Because the English scripts were not legible. <laughs> like, so it was just written by your average u- internet user? <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. It's literally like someone wrote the French script, put it through Translate. Oh, no. Put it back into French and then put it through Translate again. It was like the sentences made no sense that sounds like something you would do to like figure out if like a, like it's like it sounds like a recapture test yeah like, exactly you give like some ai to be like yeah, how yeah. good is this ai let's like, translate it to japanese and russian and then back to english and see if yeah. the ai can see still handle anything it happen. no like i'm telling you like oh my god can you imagine absurd. can you imagine saying uh wait a human did that apparently i don't believe it but like apparently <laughs> like we, we literally got the script me and my friend who like have no script writing like experience we read the script and we're like Jesus Christ how do we save this <laughs> like can you imagine can you imagine you're in front of a teleprompter there's like there's like huge lights okay there's huge lights like full production crew you're sitting there and you have to say like the comfort pillow top coils and you're like and there's like C after C the comfort comfortable conforming pillow top coil pocket coil 18 18 15 pocket coil and I was like Jesus Christ how are they gonna say this it took us so goddamn long there was one day we spent three hours rewriting the script on set and that's where you go overtime plus one 
Overtime plus two. Oh. Overtime plus three. Well, you know, that's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. Just so you're aware, it, nothing comes free. No. But, like, but indeed, dude, it's yeah, you're not it's walking sucked. in there trying to gouge anybody. It's just, like, come on. You know, like, how are you going to... How is the person going to read this and make it sound like human speak? Exactly. I don't know. It, it was bothering us so hard. People Chris, taking other people's bodies. It's not okay. It's not okay. It shouldn't be done. Not only should you keep your hands off other people's bodies, but you should keep your hands particularly off of other people's brains. I, that's hard to get into, I guess. Okay. Let me read an excerpt from the script of Get Out that had me cackling. I, I mean, you said you had tears in your eyes. Dude. I, okay. Hold on. Let me, let me tell you the first time I watched this. So I went to the theater with... <coughs> Jesus Christ. I went to the theater with three of my three or four of my film student friends and we thought it was going to be like a serious kind of like scary movie because that's what the reviews were and like there was no one in the theater is us and like two other small groups it's the best and we were dying laughing and i'm pretty sure everyone else was like why the fuck are these kids laughing and, and you was, think you're a bunch of psychopaths yeah and we were we were dying like do you remember the shot where uh, Chris is, is taking pictures outside and he like looks up to Georgina in the window and then she looks at him and he, he looks away he looks away and he's like oh I, w- I wasn't looking uh, I was just uh, taking pictures over here we were fucking on the floor crying at that shit because it's so like every someone's done that at any point in their life you know like you're looking at someone you're staring you're like kind of lost and looking at like, oh, yourself fuck. as being one uh, of many perps <laughs> no it's true you know when you catch someone's eye and they just go oh oh i was oh, yeah, looking no, at you absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. i'm outing myself as a perp as well okay um so you you're you're like this you're both a bunch of filmmaker friends yeah, yeah. Now, i feel like that's part of it probably because you know chris is a photographer yeah. And people who are photographers always like understand things that other people don't. Like a photographer could like take a picture and then like look down at it and like chuckle and you're like, Oh, well it's funny. Like, yeah. where am I, where I, like with my eye closed or something, and you like look at it and you're like, This is a normal picture, where did you laugh? And you're like, 'Cause you're not on the third line. Yeah. <laughs> what the, the what? Fuck? What the, what are you talking about? <laughs> the fuck out. I put you right inside your frame or like, Oh, look how much space is above your head. Yeah. <laughs> you're like you okay? Is that just a picture of my head? What, yeah. what are you talking about? No, dude, your forehead is mostly empty space. Like, yeah. you get should, that rid of that. Your eyes should be on this level, not all the way down here. <laughs> You're roasting like, themselves. What are you saying? These people are not okay. Yeah. Well, it's tr- it's true that photographers have a, a like a a language all their own. It's like a visual language. Yeah. Where if somebody walks in, just because they have a DSLR, most people will be like. And the person like could take a picture, and an actual photographer like yourself would look, could like look at some of the pictures I've taken and be like, <laughs> "You fucking wait, man!" You just get who got a DSLR for Christmas. <laughs> oh, absolutely, dude. The amount of times I see that shit is unreal. You know the you know those like photo. Well, you don't have fucking Facebook, so I guess you don't. But there's like people who have they're like they have photography pages, and like you you go to the thing, and it's like always in the always in the bio is DM for requests, and you're like. No one's, no one's fucking messaging you. I'm sorry, but like, just because you have a camera, you're not good. I know what you mean because um, there is a bit of that for for authors, whatever. It sounds so pretentious saying that for writers too. Yeah, where you know, like, you'll have people who'll be like, "I've published six novels," and you'll read like the first page of whatever they've self-published, and you're like, mm. "Oh gosh." <laughs> 
<laughs> Again, setting, hold on. Before setting we... in characters, sir. Okay. Setting in characters. You can't introduce <laughs> vocabulary from... The Blixkorg looked sulkily at the Glorblick. The... She was seething. The, the what? What? Did you just... You have to slowly are introduce... good? ...things that humans know what they are, and you have exactly. to... And it's just... It's kind of... Yeah. Like, it's the same sort of thing where... And, like, I don't discourage people from doing it. Like, what if that's, like, a 13-year-old kid? Like, I, I read stuff that I wrote when I was, like, eight. Yeah. That I'm like, this is right. not good. Yeah. But you can forgive someone who's eight. When there's, like, a 40-year-old who's like, I, you know, I recently retired, and I now am an author. And you read some of their work, and you're like... Thank God you uh, retired. You're, you're, uh, you're a person who understands how to spell. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Which is the limit of the credentials that I would describe to you. Because, because in the same way that if, just because you know how to press the shutter button on the camera. And this is going to sound so arrogant. Like People are going to be like, hey, fuck you, God. You, yeah, you don't, that, you that's, don't yeah. Know. for the record, we're not, we're not gods, okay? A lot of okay? people are good. And they don't, you we don't all have to... a fault. No, but it's that it's the idea that like... Don't pretend you're the shit if you're not the shit. Yeah, exactly. Don't call out Kendrick Lamar... If yeah. you're writing your first bar. Yeah. Hey! hey. <laughs> Fuck! But it's true. It, oh, uh, God. That was I don't funny. know why. I, that, that was he, terrible. He's, he's that a, was the punniest, the weirdest uh, thing I've ever had come out of my mouth. It's pretty, it was pretty fire, though. Um, the best advice we can give any of you is if you're working in a creative industry and you love what you're doing, keep doing it. Buckle down. Um, it seems like there's going to be a big sea change coming up in the near future and even if you're kind of scraping together pennies and you're not sure if you're going to be able to keep doing what you're doing or if you made a really big mistake have hope have confidence in yourself and uh, you know we stand we stand with you we've both been there yep and and it's it's not easy for anyone when you're in that position especially if you don't have a support circle around you but it is doing what you love and doing what you love can be its own reward. Money is great. Yeah. No, neither of us is saying that money is not great. Money is good. Money is really good. But there is a specific pleasure that you get when you make money while doing what you truly love to do. So, on that note, uh, thank you. We love you. Keep up the comments. If you want to contact us, it, the email address is filmandcolor, C O L O U R, podcast at gmail.com. This is Jesse, the novelist. That's me. And this is Eric, the filmmaker. That's me. And we are signing off. <laughs>